0: Guys, at times like this, if a church or a person or a people can operate under an open heaven, it's to your advantage, to the church's advantage, and to the advantage of the earth. And so um, I want to talk about this idea of open heaven and ask the question, so, If we say the word open heaven, what is it? Why do we need it? Um, When uh, is it applicable? Um, Where is it? How does it work? So these are questions that we'll ask and we'll look at today because it's a distinct advantage to have an open heaven at times like this. Um, So uh, let's go down that road, eh? So to begin with, guys, an open heaven is not a place It's not an event, it's not some kind of a portal, because there have been teachings like that uh, which say that uh, there's an open heaven over this place, or there's an open heaven uh, in this particular city. It's almost like there's some kind of portal that uh, God does things through, or that uh, this event is an open heaven. Uh, I'd suggest that um, those are just things that man makes up, uh, charismatics in particular make up, And so that's not where we are going. Um, We're going to look at what the Bible says uh, and how often the Bible talks about heavens opening, the heavens being rent, and what happens when the heavens are opened. That's what we'll be looking at. So first, let's start with the whole idea of this uh, word heavens. So what are we saying when we say open heavens? What do we mean by heavens? So we're talking about the invisible throne of God, and so it's 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 not evident to the natural eye it's the invisible throne of god from where from where you have his rule his kairos and by his kairos what i mean is uh, god does things in perfect time in the fullness of time is the word that he uses uh, there's a fluidity to what he does every so often in times that he ordained before the foundations of the earth um, his intent his purpose uh, and what he desires events that he plans just break into history and that's uh, unshackled by um, deadlines uh, events on the earth uh, they don't um, oppose, stop, block what God wants to do. Yeah? And so when we talk about the heavens, we are talking about the invisible throne of God from where his rule, his kairos, his decrees, his purpose, his angelic forces, His angelic forces, His blessings, and His resources, His resources, Derek I might need a better pen, I've got one other pen here, His resources, Uh, all these are sent forth from the heavens, all these are sent forth or issue from the heavens. All these are sent forth, or issue, from the heavens. And strangely enough, according to Ephesians 2.6, we are located in heavenly places. We are located in heavenly places with him. So this is not an inaccessible place that one accesses only after one leaves the earth. Yeah? Yeah? So this is how we would define heaven. So when we say open heavens, we are talking about the ability to access the invisible throne of God from where his rule, his kairos, his decrees, his purposes, his angelic forces, his blessings and his resources, issue forth or are sent forth from. And then let's just look at another word, to open. What do we mean by open heavens? What does it mean to open heaven? Or what happens when there is an open heaven? Or what hap- what's the idea of to open To open is to cleave, as in rend, to open is to plow, as in dig out, to open is to draw, as in draw out or extract that which is concealed in heaven for the earth. That which is concealed in heaven for the earth. Kapish? So that is the idea of open heaven. And so that is the what. If we are talking about open heaven, that is the what. What is open heaven? This is what we can kind of begin to define it as. Any questions? A great thing with doing live, on, uh, live uh, online um, s- s- services is that I don't have to wait for you to copy this. I can just wipe it out. And nobody says nothing, and even if you are, I can't hear you. There are certain advantages. So that's the what. Any questions? And why is it important at times like this? Because at times like this when it looks like the heavens are shut. At times like this when it looks like there's this um, iron-fisted hold upon the globe. uh, If a people don't realize that they have the ability to cleave, to plow loose, to draw out and extract the rule, the... Kairos, the decrees, the purposes, the blessings, the resources, the angelic forces of God from the heavens, where we are actually seated with Christ, then many of the things that must be effected on earth take longer. What's the problem with things taking longer? Lives are lost, and sometimes irreversible changes happen. We've talked about that in that video which you must have watched, uh, where it's called. Uh, lessons from Genesis one to twelve. You should watch that, man. If you haven't seen it yet, I think it's a public video. Uh, lessons from Genesis one to twelve. It gives you an idea of how things work. Because at the end of the day, if you take chapters one to twelve from Genesis, you see the history of the world, and from there on, it's just on repeat. But we'll talk about that another time. So if I- if this is how we answer, what is open heaven? Then the next question we need to ask is So, when does this happen? When does this happen? What can we look at and see in scriptures that gives us an idea of when it is important to access the heavens? So, if you look at Revelations chapter 4, Revelations chapter 4, verse 1, Revelations 4 1, and I know we're familiar with it. In Revelations 4 1, it says After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here and I'll show you what must take place after this. So, part of the reason we should, at times like this, begin to uh, access and open heaven is because God desires, eh? God desires to show us more. In times of chaos, heaven desires to be opened. In times of chaos, Heaven desires to be opened. I I do this with some of you. My dad used to do it with me. I do this with some of you where I'll give you a glimpse of something and especially with the young adults, I'll give you a glimpse of something and then I won't call you. I'll see whether you'll call me to find out more. Because I want to see if there's a desire to open the door and see what awaits. And during times of chaos, heaven desires to be opened. In Revelations 4 it says here is a door that is standing open and God says hey you want to come up and see you want to come up and see what I want to show you must take place after this and so when you look at say for instance Genesis 1:6, and in Genesis 1:6, it says that the waters parted and the heavens opened the waters parted and the heavens opened in 2nd Kings 2 eight to eleven you see another story where waters part uh, uh, or, or let me phrase it this way uh, uh, you'll see many occasions in scripture where heavens were created or heavens opened after the waters parted uh, waters represent chaos waters represent void waters represent the disobedience and the t- tumult of humanity in the bible it's always represented that even in ancient um, uh, pagan um, uh, documents the tumult of waters was always representative of the chaos, the disobedience, the void, and the tumult of humanity. And so you'll find that every time there is chaos, um, there is a desire from heaven that someone rise up to plow it open. So in Genesis 1.6, when the waters part, the heavens and the earth are created. In the second Kings chapter 2, verse 8 to 11, you see with Elijah, Elijah and Elisha just crossed through the Jordan. The waters part, they cross through the Jordan. And guess what happens? Heaven's open and chariots of fire come down and they whisk Elijah away. You go to Mark chapter 1, verse 10, and you see Jesus. And once again, he steps into the waters, and as soon as he steps into the waters, what happens? It says, and the heavens were were rent open, and the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus. So, waters represent chaos, void, disobedience, and tumult of humanity. And and by the way, uh, one of the things that always shuts heaven is disobedience. Deuteronomy 28 verse 23 says, oh God, because of our disobedience, the the, the skies or the heavens are like brass and the earth is like iron. And what God is looking for in times of chaos is for someone who can either divide the water or step into the water. Someone who will rise to swim against the evil tide. Someone who can break through and extract what God has for the earth. And open heaven is not really for us to benefit because we are seated with him in heavenly places. It is so that sons and daughters here on earth will rise up and swim against the tide. They'll go against the tide. And they'll somehow break through to extract what God has for the earth. This is the intent. So let's look at some who opened the heavens. eh? We look at some of the characters in the Bible who opened the heaven, and they were irreversibly affected in their old, own lives and then they altered their world at that particular time. So th- that's what happens. Eh? On one hand if you begin to rise up and begin to break through and begin to extract things out of heaven that God desires to release here on earth, then here's what happens first. You get irreversibly affected. And after that, because you have been irreversibly affected irreparably damaged or infected for the good what then happens is you alter the world around you any questions man aaron i miss coffee so i brought my own you're not very helpful during these times So here are some characters or people from the Bible who um, were able to break through against the evil tide to extract what God had for the earth. Their lives were irreversibly affected and they altered the world. And when you look at what they did, you begin to get an idea of why the heavens need to be opened, how advantageous it is, eh? So let's look first at Jesus in Mark 1:10, Jesus steps into the water and the heavens open. Jesus steps into the water and heavens open. Mark chapter one, verse 10. You, you're putting it up, right? Josh?? I don't have that pull oh no, don't worry. I'll pull it. I'll read it. Mark 1:10. It says in Mark 1.10, at that time Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And and then it goes on to say, and a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. Guys, um, one of the things that happens if I am able to or we are able to... um, um, access an open heaven, is that you are validated by the empowering delight, favor, and the authenticating voice of the Father. So one of the advantages of accessing the heavens, as in, oh God, you desire me to break through against the tide around me, where everyone is saying one thing, where there's chaos reigning, where the skies look like brass and at this time you are saying come Jacob come up higher let me show you what should take place and if I'm able to consistently persistently follow after you and step into this chaos and not go with the tide but against the tide then one of the things that happens is that I'll hear the validating empowering authenticating voice of delight from the father and that's what happens in Mark one ten. Where the empowering delight, where the empowering delight, the empowering delight, favor, and authenticating voice, authenticating voice of the Father validates you. Uh, why is it important that you be validated this way? Because it is a place of confidence that you step into. A place of confidence that you step into. That even the demons, that even demons are scared of. That even the demons are scared of that even the demons are scared of and even the demons recognize the same thing that happened to Jesus in Mark chapter 1 verse 10 happens to Jesus in Matthew seventeen nine, where they are on the Mount of Transfiguration and the voice comes again and it's strange how Jesus goes down from the mountain and guess what there are these disciples trying to cast out a demon from Uh, a a person and uh, they could not and Jesus comes and in seconds casts the demons out. A people or a person that says in the middle of difficult times, in the middle of apostasy, in the middle of chaos, someone who has the ability to say, oh God, I want to see what heaven has for the earth at a time like this is a man who will, if he persists, and if his desire is genuine, and if his intent is to seek the good of the earth, which we are supposed to do, we are supposed to be a benefit to earth dwellers. The word earth dwellers is actually used in the book of Revelations for those that are still on earth and do not know God. If you are someone like this then immediately what begins to happen is you begin to be empowered by the delight the favor and the authenticating voice of God and once I hear that I know that I now have the confidence to do what I need to do and that even the demons will recognize it In Mark chapter 1 shortly after he's baptized and he's driven into the uh, uh, he's led into the desert by the spirit of God Jesus comes out and in Mark chapter 1 verse 24 Um, he confronts uh, a man with a demon in a synagogue. And what does the evil spirit cry out? What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? We know who you are. It's the same thing that happens in Acts chapter 19, verse 15, where the demons that had come out of, uh, that were in a man turned to the sons of Sceva and they say to them, Jesus we know, Paul we know. They recognize those that have been authenticated by the voice of the Father but this is a voice that must come from heaven. At a time like this church, man, we gotta be this for God and for the earth. May he not have to uh, use scriptures like Isaiah, I don't remember, Isaiah 57 where he says, I looked for a man who could stand and fight but i looked and i found no one so i dressed myself up in a helmet of salvation and a breastplate of righteousness and i cloaked myself myself with zeal because i decided that i would bring salvation by myself because i could not find anybody else may not have to repeat those lines eh? those lines are not supposed to now be repeated the church is supposed to step up at times like this different roles for different um, churches but if this is the role given to us by God then we must step up any questions okay the next person we look at is Elisha 2nd Kings 2 11 to 2nd uh, Kings 2.11 and then 2nd uh, Kings 6.17 2nd Kings 2.11 and 2nd Kings 6.17 and so here was Elisha where, uh, in Second 2 Kings 2:11, 2, and they've just crossed the Jordan, and uh, the chariots of fire, or the chariots of Israel uh, appear. They whisk Elijah away. And then uh, let me just go to that scripture. Second Kings 2, verse 11. As they were walk- walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. And one of the things that Elisha had said was, I want a double portion. And that and to that Elijah replies, If you see me being taken up, you will receive it. And so open heavens always announce a new shift or movement of God. Open heavens always announce a new shift or movement of God, a new shift or movement of God. It's a new shift or a new movement of God. And I would suggest to you just based on what I was saying uh, during the announcements, that, man, I know that the church of Jesus Christ is being shifted into a place of uh, great power that it like, like it has never happened. I know that for Acts 29 and we are just one tiny Church. And so imagine across the earth, God is doing the same thing. The Spirit of God does the same thing. I want to share a story that is so not part of what I was going to talk about, but uh, I'm reminded of it. Guys, remember one thing God is Himself interested in uh, getting the church to a place where it's cloaked with zeal. eh? I I, I remember um, uh, listening to this particular. Um, preacher who was in a church in uh, Scotland and he was talking about Elisha and uh, the king who had to take arrows and strike it on the ground and so as he was talking about that story there were um, people who were listening and he was saying guys do not go halfway go all the way take the arrows." that you have in your hand and begin to strike the ground and as he's saying this an old man who must be 92 or 93 gets up and somehow uh, totters his way out onto the carpet in front of the church and he begins to take his hand and begins to start slamming the carpet over and over again saying I may be old but I will see the promises of God come to pass and he starts slamming the carpet And another 19-year-old who uh, had um, uh, earrings and who was dressed in leather and had chains watches for a while and then he comes up and he takes his hand and he starts slamming it on the carpet saying, we will see the fulfillment of God's promises to Scotland that revival should come. And as this preacher watches, the entire church begins to cry out to God and starts hitting the carpet with their hands saying, these promises shall come to pass. And the whole church is cloaked in zeal and as it is happening this (laughs) 92 year old and the young man get up and they walk away and as this preacher walks watches they walk away and as they're walking away they disappear now it's up to you whether you believe the story or not but this preacher goes on to say that he saw that entire church lit on fire cloaked with the zeal of God Because God himself sometimes turns up, as he did with Abraham, as he did with Gideon, as he did with Joshua, as he did many times in the Bible, as he did with Paul on at least two occasions. Where God turns up and says, guys, come on now, let me cloak you with zeal so that you begin to walk with me and release here on earth. The things that I want for the earth from heaven. And so, once we begin to access heaven like this, you begin to see the chariots of fire begin to affect the earth and what do you mean by you begin to see the chariots of fire affect the earth guys you begin to see two things happen the chariots of fire were basically the armies of God and the army of God was meant to do two things one it was supposed to be protection and deliverance for the people two it was supposed to be uh, the routing of the enemy and when sons and daughters of God begin to rise up on earth and begin to say oh God I can hear your voice saying come Come up higher. Let me show you what to take place. And when they begin to walk up to God, here's what happens on earth. Like Rhonda said, you suddenly become protection and deliverance to the people that are around you. And you become to the enemy an opposing routing force that defeats and tramples upon them. This is what happens. I hope you take it to heart, eh? I've seen this happen, guys. I've seen this happen in nations. I've seen this happen in Acts 29, where God begins to stand up and he becomes like a dividing wall, saying, to you, I shall become protection and deliverance. Where does he do this? He does this in Exodus chapter 12. He does this in Genesis chapter 3. Adam is naked, hiding behind a bush. God stands up, says to you, I will become protection, I clothe you right now, but I will clothe you with myself, the day is coming. But right now, I become to you protection. I become to you deliverance, even though I'm chasing you out of the garden. It's for your good. But to you, Satan, you shall be trampled upon and you shall crawl on your belly. You see that with Israel in the book of Exodus, where to the Egyptians he became darkness, dullness and confusion. To the Israelites, he became rescue, deliverance, and protection. This is what happens, guys, when a church or a people or a person rises up and says, okay, God, what does heaven have to say about what is happening on earth? Especially at times like this, guys, where angelic forces begin to rise up because someone on earth takes a stand and it begins to dismantle the demonic. Know that an open heaven always provokes the demonic. eh? Satan tries to abort the new release of whatever God wants to do on earth. Strange how Jesus uh, steps out of the water, the heavens are torn open, the dove descends on him and then he's tempted in the wilderness and what you need to understand uh, when the demonic is provoked by an open heaven is now you get an opportunity to slay Goliath now you get an opportunity to slay Goliath. In this time of chaos on the earth, guys, I, 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 I'm relishing the opportunities to slay Goliath. Because what is happening on the earth right now is meant to cause irreversible changes that accelerate decay and death. And in the midst of that, God is raising up sons and daughters who can take a stance and say, nope, that is not what heaven has ordained. Our God is a God who has purchased mankind. Our God is a God who paid with blood. Our God is a God who has property rights and his plans are good. And then when you begin to take the stance even though the demonic is provoked in the wilderness you now slay Goliath and once you slay Goliath you realize that the domain is suddenly increasing so when I send these videos out for prayer it's not a spiritual exercise to keep us sharp during times of isolation I would suggest to you that every one of those videos is crafted first with God I pray before I send them out that Father, may it be something that heaven desires for earth through Acts 29 or through whoever listens to uh, this video. Acts 29 is surprisingly the most not the most important thing in this church. And it shouldn't be. It's odd but it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be really, it shouldn't be. Fake applause please. Uh, Too late. (laughs) Moving on to the next point. (laughs) Oh, you did play it. Uh, It's just that I can't hear it. Okay, that's cool. Guys, uh, let's look at another person. Any questions, guys? Any questions? The next person I want to look at is Isaiah. Isaiah. Yesterday when I was writing down this verse, I mean, I had to stop and break into prayer, eh? Because Isaiah sees heavens open. Sheldon's back? Isaiah sees heavens open. Um, In the year that King Uzziah died, verse 1 to 8, I saw the Lord seated on the throne, the high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Sheldon, I want you uh, on the piano. Um, And the train of his robe filled the temple. Verse 2. Above him were the seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying and they were calling to one another, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the sound of their voices, the doors and the threshold shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me I cried I am ruined for I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the King and the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said see this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord um, saying whom shall i send and who will go for us and i said here i am send me guys the reason i read that whole passage is so that sheldon can come to the piano (laughs) had a delay but here's what i really want to say guys isaiah saw heavens open and one of the things that happens when heaven is open is that first you are ruined by his majesty first you are ruined by his majesty I can't, I can't emphasize this point enough. When you actually begin to say to God, "Father, I know what's happening here on Earth. I know things are chaotic. I know this things look so negative. It doesn't matter whether it's COVID or anything else in the future. But as you begin to look at heaven, one of the things God will do first is He will ruin you with a glimpse of His majesty. It's happened many times, eh, in the Bible? where people suddenly catch a glimpse of God and it ruins them they go woe is me it just ruins them and then after the ruining comes the restoring and after the restoring comes this idea of being commissioned and so that's what happens to Isaiah here heaven's open he's ruined by what he sees he he can't he can't stand before this god and then he's touched by God and restored restored to a place he has never occupied before so much so now that he begins to hear like Paul heard things that cannot be spoken but in this case he hears the simple voice of God saying who shall we send and he says here I am and that begins his commission and begins a journey that locates him as one of the greatest prophets that ever lived I just want us to sing this song eh just the chorus of this song and as you do I just pray that we'll catch a glimpse of his majesty. eh? There is this thing about God that is so kingly, so majestic, that we would not be able to handle it, even if he parted the curtains slightly. But I just want us to at least have a taste of what that looks like. I so long for it. Yeah? Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory forever. Amen. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory forever amen yours is the kingdom yours is the power yours is the glory forever amen yours is the kingdom yours is the power yours is the glory head yours is the kingdom yours is the power yours is the glory forever head, yours is the kingdom yours is the power yours is the glory Forever I, one more time, yours is the kingdom. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory. Forever I bear let heaven come. Open the heavens, O God Open the heavens, O God For I see a door standing open in the heavens I hear the same voice that spoke to John now say Come up higher, come on fire, Come up higher, come up higher now. For yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory. Forever, Amen. Yours. Yours is the power, yours is the glory, forever, amen. Let heaven come, let heaven come. Father, we come up higher. We come up higher, O oh God. Because if heaven has to come, let it come through your church. May it not have to come through angels. May it not have to come through invisible or visible hands writing on walls. May it come through your church. Your voice, your hands, your feet. You meant us to be your body here. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. Forever. Amen. Let heaven come. We bless you, Father. Ruined by your majesty, Abba, and then restored and commissioned. this is what happens to isaiah guys and then he begins to rise up with fear and trembling and then he begins to s- step into the role of a prophet same thing happens to uh these guys peter john and james they see uh jesus in his absolute divinity on uh, uh, as as much as possible physically Mount, on the Mount of Transfiguration, and later in Second, Peters, uh, Second Peter 1, verse 18, they talk about how we witnessed His majesty. We witnessed His majesty, and we, had, we, we are genuine witnesses of His majesty. Seek this, eh guys? Seek this. During this time, seek to be uh, ruined and then rebuilt by His majesty. Yeah? Any questions before we go? Any questions? Hey, these are times when God must be king and we must see him as king. Not as comforter, not as healer. Those things are important, I'm not uh, discounting them at all, but we need to see him as king. And the strange thing is when we see him as majesty and when uh, people have encounters like Isaiah did or like Paul did in Second uh, Corinthians 12 where he talks about how he uh, entered the third heavens and he heard things that were not to be mentioned. The strange thing is there is no boasting, there is no elitism, there is no fanfare, there is no heroic spiritual recounting of what they saw. It's always kept on the lowdown. eh? It's strange how Jesus himself in Matthew 17 verse 9 after the disciples see him in his blazing purity, he tells them, listen, do not speak of this to anybody till I'm risen again. And while we are called to witness his majesty to be ruined and restored by it, while we are called to hear things that God wants done on earth, because heaven has a different plan for the earth than what is happening right now. As you begin to pray the way you're praying, elitism, boasting, fanfare, oh, we got this insight is just so contrary to what God wants to achieve. Because strangely enough, heaven is a humble place. Heaven is a humble place. Just keep that in the back of your mind. Let's look at one more guy, Jacob. Jacob, Genesis 28. Jacob, Genesis 28, 12-16. He had this uh, uh, vision where he sees heaven's opening. Eh? If you go to Genesis 28, 12 t- uh, to 16. Genesis 28, 12 to 16. I really like Jacob. Genesis 28, 12 to 16. Uh, taking one of the stones that he put under his head, he lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stav- stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to the heaven or a ladder resting on the earth with its top reaching to the heaven and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it there above it stood the Lord and he said I am the Lord the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac I will give you and your descendants the land on which you're lying your descendants will be like the dust of the earth and you will spread out to the west and to the east to the north and to the south all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I'm with you and will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back into this land. I will not leave you until I've done what I've promised you. Beautifully. Eh? See guys, w- w- when you look at that passage, Jacob has this vision of an open heaven and he sees angels ascending and descending. And here's what we need to understand. An open heaven gives you a grasp of of your domain as in once you you approach God and say father show me what you have at a time like this for the earth God begins to show you what you need to understand so that you have a, a grasp of the extent of your domain this is important eh? so I know what is given to me to steward I know what is given to me to dispossess And possess because on earth because Christ has won the battle everything first needs to be dispossessed as in drive out illegal squatters drive out the inhabitants that no longer have a right and then possess what is rightfully God's so an open heaven gives you the extent of your domain it gives you a grasp of the extent of your domain it gives you his God's protective presence Cause God says, hey, now that I've shown you the extent that you are going to get, now that I've shown you the domain over which you have influence, let me assure l- l- you that my protective presence will be with you. It's like God giving you a letter of authority saying, hey, Jacob, these powers in these lands, I give to you. This is what God said to Joshua. Once God tells Joshua, hey, Joshua, I am the commander of the armies of Israel. I love the line that he says to Joshua next, he says, I'm giving Jericho over to you, which meant then that, that all the gods of Jericho, all the defenses of Jericho, all the offensive weapons of Jericho, as we saw in that 3D uh, Lego world with you, begin to crumble before Joshua. Why? Because God said, you have my protective presence and you have my letter of authority. This is something I always seek, guys, not just for Acts 29, but for the different nations we go into. Father, what is it that is my domain here? And once I know that, once you know the extent of your domain, you know the powers that now are beginning to tremble having heard of the news of your arrival. Because they know that Jericho has been given over. All they can do is try and shut the doors, hoping that you will not be able to enter. This is real, guys. It actually works. It's like when uh, King Cyrus gave Ezra a letter saying, Hey, Ezra, take this letter. When you go into that province, let the governors know that they got to pay for your upkeep, they got to pay for your meat and drink, they got to pay for your, the wood and the timber and the stone, they got to pay for everything because I have now ordained it. And so it's this decree that releases to you the resources that you need because heaven has said, hey, during this time of COVID or during this time of chaos or during this time of darkness, during this time of difficulty, here is what is yours. Go now and clear the way, possess what is rightfully yours, bring heaven here on earth, let heaven come. These songs that we sing, Let Heaven Come, sound so ridiculous if there is no place to bring heaven. Let heaven come. Sounds like a really nice song. But you've got to bring it into a place, right? Bring what into a place? Remember how we defined heaven. The riches of Isaiah 61 being released through you. Once you know the extent of your domain, you have no apprehension or you have very little apprehension and you have very little presumption. You won't go battling Goliaths you're not supposed to and you won't hesitate to bring down Goliaths you're supposed to. Very little apprehension, very little presumption. Sometimes guys, boldness comes sheerly out of knowing what is appointed to you to vanquish. Boldness comes out of knowing what is appointed to you to vanquish. It's that time of the day um, when I start coming towards the end of my teaching that Josh starts eating, and uh, it's, it's always music to my ears. <laughs> you guys can't hear it. <laughs> but the guy has to eat. He works really hard. He starts Saturday evening, and he keeps going till Sunday. So, though it's his wife who's pregnant, he's the one who eats. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> okay, guys, uh <coughs> sorry, that cough was <laughs> just choking on my laughter. So, you don't have apprehensions, you don't have presumptions, and you align with the time of God. You align with the time of God. You know God's timing, that... At present if I do this, it'll have optimal results. No questions, eh? Is Diana listening to this teaching? Okay, just checking. <laughs> 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 no my uh, no no no. Yeah. What does by look like for us? Who? Ruined by, uh, if you read Isaiah 6, verse 1 to 6, you'll get an idea where it is like, oh God, how can I even? Another place where you see the majesty of God without, uh, I mean, it came through a carpenter, but it just just, uh, dismantles a proud fisherman. You see Peter, and he's just pulled out the fish from one side of the boat, and Peter just goes down to his knees and says, get away from me. It is suddenly becoming aware of who you are before. Guys, one of the scriptures that um, sometimes catches our eye is uh, when you look at Jacob's story. And it says um, that a ladder was set up from the earth to the heavens so that heaven could ascend and descend. And so I pray that we become that ladder during this time, that the church becomes a ladder, that Acts twenty nine becomes a ladder, that your church becomes a ladder, that heaven ascends and descends on. And ascend with a report of tasks completed. Descend with Descend with new commissions and new orders. I pray that we become like this. eh? We become churches like this. I pray that Acts 29 will be a place where God will say, yeah, you can ascend now with a report of... uh," And he's he's saying to his messengers, be the spirit of God or be it um, angels, ascend with reports of tasks that have been completed by acts 29 or by the church you belong to because i gave them things to do they've proven themselves faithful ascend and bring me a report of it this is why guys uh, please uh, uh, please understand that those videos that are being sent take your time you don't have to do it on the day it happens if you worked and couldn't get to it but be faithful so that god can say yep I gave them tasks to do. It was not the leaders that did it. It was not the pastor that did it. It was not the people uh, that did it. It was the entire church that did it, where we finished the task. And now you can ascend with reports of this task is finished. And once that ascension happens with the report of Acts 29 has been faithful, then guess what happens? You descend with new commissions. New orders from heaven saying, you have been found faithful in the little that I gave you. Now let me give you more. This is how God dispossesses the nations. He would say to Israel, I won't give it all to you in one shot because if I did, you wouldn't be even able to handle the wild beasts in the n- land. So I'll give you bit by bit. And as you prove faithful in the bit, bit that I give you, I'll give you more. Let's take one more character. Stephen. 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 In Acts 7.55, he sees heaven open. In Acts 7.55, he sees heaven open. And what happens when he sees the heaven open? He gets bolder man. He gets bolder to the point where even death does not frighten him. He sees heaven open and he sees Christ standing up. and he begins to speak with greater boldness and so one of the things that happens when uh, when you have an open heaven is that it gives you boldness and the courage to endure and then it allows you then to sacrifice for heaven's sake even unto death even unto death this is what you see in Acts 26 19 where Paul says King Agrippa what can I do but be faithful to the heavenly vision that I saw how can I move away from it I have to be faithful to the heavenly vision this is why in revelations 12 um, um, John writes and they um, overcame the devil by the word of their testimony by the blood of the lamb blood of the lamb and they did not live their lives love their lives even unto death so there is this uh, thing that happens when you see what god has from heaven for earth through you that begins to cloak you with a kind of zeal that makes you want to endure for the sake of king and kingdom to the point where you're willing to sacrifice that which the world holds on even your own life for the cause of heaven must come to pass and you ask with David, is there not a cause? Go ahead. Um, how do you know you're aligned with God's timing? Um, one, there's an urgency. Um, that you begin to feel in your heart. Two, you realize that God has been setting you up for this for days and sometimes years on end. Three, you can't run away from it. It just begins to gnaw at you. Four, you look at the place and the situation around you and you realize this place is begging for Yeshua to enter or Yahweh to do something. Uh, Five, you know that you've been trained for a time such as this and there are skills and gifts and abilities within you that are awaiting. It's an Esther-like time where you have been raised for a time such as this. And six, you are really scared. And seven, through the fear, you see God and something in you begins to leap up again saying, I may be scared, but I'm going to step out and not ask for an Aaron or a her, but I'm just going to step out. And as you do, you know the outcome, but you do not know the process. And as you walk towards the outcome, uh, you're not too scared of the process now because you've got God walking with you. God could do this on his own. He doesn't need you, but he likes having you there. Alrighty. Guys, an open heaven has a gate. An open heaven has a gate. Jacob realized this in Genesis twenty eight seventeen. Jacob realized it in Genesis twenty eight seventeen, where he sees his vision, he sees the vision of heaven open, and then he gets up and he says, uh, this is the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. And for him it was a place. And so uh, it was a town called Luz and he renames it Bethel. But that was in the Old Testament where God would visit places where his presence was located in a place. But since resurrection and ascension, uh, we are the gate of heaven. We are the house of God. We are the gate of heaven. The church is the resting place of God. The church is the temple of God. We become the gate of heaven. And open heaven has a gate. We are the gate of heaven. Today we are the house of God. Today we are the gate of heaven. The community of God on earth is the gate of heaven. Beautiful, eh? The community of the the Holy Spirit. The community of the Spirit on earth is the gate of heaven. The community of the Spirit on earth is the gate of heaven. So these things are supposed to break out through us, man. Let heaven come. Come. Yours, O God, is the kingdom. As in, you have the only kingdom that actually has existed and will exist. Everything else in between is counterfeit. Yours, O King, is all rule and reign. Yours is all power. O El Elyon, mighty possessor of the universe. Yours is the splendor, the weight, the presence, the glory, the goodness. The laughter, the joy, yours is the glory. And we sing that and then we come to this line. Uh, That that line we sing with a lot of gusto because my God, this is true. And then we sing, let heaven come. And when we sing that, we do one of two things. We either postpone it to the future or we sing it like, shalom, peace be with you. No man, it is let heaven come through me, through us. At times like this, The earth needs heaven more than ever. Isaiah 60 verse 2. Arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen. Great darkness surrounds the earth. But the glory of God has risen. So I pray that just like Jacob did when he woke up the next morning and poured oil on the stone that he had put his head on. That we... Ask the Holy Spirit to pour His oil upon our churches, eh? And uh, uh, what do we have to do now? To um, uh, this is the last part. We were talking about why heaven needs to be open, and we talked about these people and how they affected the earth. Now let's conclude with how do we do this? How do we how do we go about this? How? First, prayer. Prayer. James chapter 5 verse 17, James chapter 5 verse 17 talks about Elijah as a man who was just like us, same frailties as us but he was in the old covenant, didn't have the distinct advantage we have over him which is the living breathing spirit of God who was there at the beginning of the creation of the universe. Living in me right now. Living amongst us right now. And so I would not look at me as Elijah or you as Elijah. I would look at us as an Elijah company. And so James 5.17 says that even though these guys call Acts 29 or this, these churches called households of faith wherever you are from, even though you have the same frailties as Elijah, y- you have the ability to pray very effectively. The, the, the fervent prayer of a righteous people who are like Elijah accomplishes much. It is very powerful and effective. And so there are four things I want us to look at. One is prayer, because this is the kind of prayer that Opens and shuts doors. Opens and shuts ancient doors. Psalm 24, verse 7. Or opens and shuts heaven. Revelations 3, 7 and 8. When he talks to, again, a church that was not big, was very weak was frail, the Church of Philadelphia. You have little strength, but you have kept my word. And therefore, I now say to you, who am I? I am the one who shuts and no one can open, and I am the one who opens and no one can shut. I say to you that I now give you that power. This is the kind of prayer we're talking about, eh? That opens ancient doors, that opens the heavens, that shuts demonic doors. Hey, guys, man, some of the prayers we are praying are meant exactly for this. Because of COVID, I can't meet with everybody, but... Once a week I'm meeting with a few and specifically strategically targeting cities and watching as things begin to happen in those cities. When we come together I'll give you a list of what is happening. You know don't reject the acorn cause you cannot see the oak tree yet. Don't reject the acorn cause you can't see the oak tree yet. One of the things that I love doing after I finish praying is look for the fist sized cloud. I look for the fist-sized cloud because God always has the fist-sized cloud waiting and it just begins to encourage me to keep going down the road I'm going because when it rains, the land will prosper. It will be fruitful. So prayer is one thing and that is why uh, I've been encouraging this idea of specific strategic prayer. I mean, some of the places we prayed for, eh? Very specifically, West Java, downtown East Side, Wuhan, uh, BC. Uh, s- specific powers that have been behind uh, what is happening, based on what God has been saying. Um, uh, Boris Johnson. and so on. I'm just giving you some of the things that come to mind. The point being prayer is one effective way of making sure that the gate of heaven which we are begins to release on the earth the things of heaven that uh, the earth needs to benefit from. The second thing is uh, giving. Giving. Okay, we'll do, Chris. Uh, The second thing is uh, giving. And I thought I should include that because of Malachi 3.10. Malachi 3.10, it says, bring your tithes into the storehouse and I will open the floodgates of heaven. So during this time, guys, be generous. Be generous. Be generous. It opens heavens. Keeps heavens open because people see the goodness of God even though things are collapsing around them. There's a group of people who aren't holding things to themselves but are even more freely giving things away because they live by this simple proverb, freely you have received so freely give. Be generous. You are God's distribution system. You are God's delivery system. You are heaven's delivery system. Not only of money, but of, of the riches of Isaiah 61, 1 to 11. The riches of. Be generous, eh? Let the floodgates of heaven stay open through you so that people realize that it is not Babylon, the system of government, commerce and politics that alone can help, but that there are people who during this time are more generous than when things are not going, uh, when things are going well. Give. It opens the floodgates of heaven. It opens the floodgates of heaven. And that aside, if you read Malachi 3.10, it says it rebukes the devourer. It rebukes the devourer. You have no idea how difficult it is for Satan when he brings in lack and famine and scarcity and the people just begin to give more generously. It rebukes him. Third, we're talking about how do we go about opening, uh, keeping heaven open at a time like this. Third, worship 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 S- if you go to 2nd chronicles 5 13 to 14 Second chronicles 5 13 to 14 it talks about how uh, uh, uh 120 levites and trumpet players uh under the direction of Haman, and and asaph begin to worship and it says <laughs> that as they began to worship a cloud entered the temple which was a cloud of God's presence. And it says the priests were not able to function. There is this thing that happens from heaven when uh, worship happens. And What kind of worship are we talking about? We are talking about the kind of worship that echoes the voice of God which shakes the earth. That echoes the voice of God which shakes the earth. I want us to go to Psalm 29. It's not a psalm that we often connect with worship, but my God, this is what we are talking about. At a time like this, when heaven is open, this is the kind of worship we are talking about. I pray, God, that the singers and psalmists in churches begin to write new songs, eh? That may never make them famous, but that will bless uh, the earth. Um, psalm 29, verse 3 onwards. or oh, Let's start at verse 1. Such a beautiful psalm. And so it's talking about uh, ascribing to God, eh? Ascribe to the Lord, O mighty ones. Ascribe to the uh, Lord, glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord, glory due His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. Now listen to the next bit. This is the kind of worship we are talking about. It must carry in it the voice of god what god is saying from heaven the this kind of worship has a prophetic warring decreeing declaring out of zion goes the law of god nature to it and so now listen to this the voice of the lord is over the waters The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf, Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all cry glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. This is what we are talking about. This kind of worship that carries in it the voice of God. So these songs then, this kind of worship begins to speak for heaven. Not speak to heaven, speak with and for heaven. Not speak to heaven, speak with and for heaven. This is raising a hallelujah in darkness. This is the jubilant shout of a king, voiced or announced by people who realize, oh shucks, he's in our midst. And Balak and Balaam tremble. and the last one we got prayer we got giving we got worship and the last one is now that we got prayer giving worship we begin to act on what god has told us we begin to act on what god has told us we begin to act on what god has told us you know if you go to exodus 2418 exodus 2418 uh, earlier on in exodus you see moses taking Seventy of his elders and going up and they ate and drank with God and then around Exodus twenty-four, eighteen or so uh, Here's what transpires. God says to Moses. Hey, I want you to come up the mountain And so Moses begins to go up the mountain and there's a cloud there and then Moses disappears And now he sees Heavens open and the God of Israel descend upon that mountain and he spends not one minute not 40 minutes not two days. He spends 40 days and nights with Yahweh up on the mountain. And then in Exodus 25 verse 40 Exodus 25 verse 40 you hear God saying something to him and God says to him, hey listen you've spent 40 days and 40 nights here. You came up the mountain people lost sight of you because you came above the clouds and now that you've spent 40 days and 40 nights here make sure that you build according to the patterns that I have shown you. Exodus 25 verse 40. What I'm trying to say guys is that open heaven, open heaven always reveals, open heaven reveals patterns for building and reveals the actions that Yahweh is planning to take. So it doesn't matter whether you're building a tabernacle in the wilderness. It doesn't matter whether you're building Solomon's temple in times of peace. We must follow heaven's patterns. But in a time of chaos, in a time of um, great evil, in a time that decay and death is ravaging the earth, what better time than to s- seek Heaven's patterns for what must happen on earth. And then what about then taking steps or acting on what God is saying so that he can show us how to build during this time and he can include us in the actions that he is about to take. And when the four converge, when action, worship, uh, giving, and prayer converge. At a time like this. <laughs> you know what we become? You know what it changes us into? This is my setup for next Sunday. You know what we are supposed we become? I can't hear you. Do you know what we become? I'm just kidding. Guys, uh, uh, this is a setup for next Sunday and perhaps a Sunday after. Guess what the earth is hungering for at times like this? If the suspense is too much, just hold on for another 15 seconds. Here's what the earth is hungering for at times like this repairers of the breach, restorers of ruined streets that can once again be dwelt in. Isaiah 58 verse 12. we we'll talk about that next week but this is God's desire. Eh? Where are the repairers of the breach? For the earth has been breached. The streets have gone silent. So many psalms cry out, uh, David cries out, eh? Once again, a time will come and bride and bridegroom, young and old, will begin to dance in the streets. I want to to take you, Acts 29 in particular, I say to you, remember what God said to us in September or October of 2019 as a promise for 2020. Turn to Zechariah 8. Zechariah 8. God, remember what we sang this morning? Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that's who you are. Go to Zechariah 8. Remember this promise that God gave us. Claim it now. Repairers of the breach, restorers of ruined streets that can be dwelt in again. Zechariah 8. This was a promise given to us, and it says, in uh, verse 4. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Once again, men and women of ripe old age will sit in the streets of Jerusalem, of Vancouver, of New York, of Bahrain, of Sydney, of Bristol, of Vernon, each with cane in hand because of his age. The city streets will be filled with boys and girls playing there. This is what the Lord Almighty says. It may seem marvelous to the remnant of this people at that time, but will it seem marvelous to me, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I will save my people from the countries of the East and the West. I will bring them back to live in Jerusalem. They will be my people and I will be faithful and righteous to them as their gods. This is what the Lord Almighty says. You who now hear these words spoken by the prophets who were there when the foundation was laid for the house of the Lord Almighty, let your hands be strong so that the temple may be built. Before that time there were no wages for man or beast. No one could go about their business safely. Man, I'm reading this for the first time. I didn't intend to read this out. As I read this out, I see the brilliance of God. I say to Acts 20 and rise up man. We were set up. We were set up by him. No one could go about his business safely because of his enemy. For I have, I have turned every man against his neighbor. But now I will not deal with the remnant of this people as I did in the past, declares the Lord Almighty. The seed will grow well. The vine will yield its fruit. The ground will produce its crops. And the heavens will drop their dew. I will give all these things as an inheritance to the remnant of this people. As you have been an ob- object of cursing among the nations of Judah and Israel, so will I save you, and you will be a blessing. Do not be afraid, but let your hands be strong. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Just as I had determined to bring disaster upon you and showers uh, and showed no pity. When your fathers angered me, says the Lord Almighty, so now I have determined to do good again to Jerusalem and Judah. Do not be afraid. These are the things you are to do. Speak the truth to each other. Render true and sound judgment. You go to Isaiah 58, it says the same thing. In your courts, do not plot evil against your neighbor. Do not love to swear falsely. I hate all this. Again, the word of the Lord Almighty came to me. This is what the Lord Almighty says. The fasts of the 4th and the 5th and the 7th and the 10th months will become joyful and glad occasions and happy festivals for Judah. Therefore, love, truth, and peace. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Many peoples and the inhabitants of many cities will yet come. And the inhabitants of one city will go to another and say, let us go once at once to entreat the Lord and seek the Lord Almighty. I myself am going. And many peoples and powerful nations will come to Jerusalem to seek the Lord Almighty and to entreat him. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In those days, ten men from all languages and nations will take firm hold of one Jew by the hem of his robe and say, let us go with you because we have heard that God is with you. Man, I'm reading this and I'm thinking to myself, my God, Lord, you set us up. It encourages me, man. I just read this. I hadn't planned this. I'm going to ask Jane to come up and end with uh, that song. uh, No Other Name. One name holds weight above them all. There's a question. Go ahead. Um, God prefers working with the people and in the process, individuals benefit. So, um, he works with the people and then every person in the people gets his plot of land Mm -hmm. just like they did when they went through the desert and came into the land of promise. Each one was allocated land, but let the work begin as a people, and then each one knows his, uh, his, his plot of land that he must cultivate. So I'm not saying no, I'm just saying it's great when we work together as a people, and it's great that we seek him as individuals, both. So it's not one or the other. Can he clarify that Jerusalem is not the city. Yeah, in that scripture from Zechariah, when Zechariah was writing about it, it was Jerusalem and Judah as cities. But uh, today, uh, Jerusalem is the people of God. And today, the people of God are spread across the earth like salt. eh? So we must benefit the earth. All this is towards the benefit of the earth, guys. We are blessed in the Lord, but this has to now be distributed. We are God's delivery mechanism. Cool. I'll step out of the way. Bless you guys.